Before we start this episode of Getting Personal, we'd like to tell you about a brand we have been loving recently called Wild. Wild is a super exciting company that produce natural deodorants and they are all about sustainability, which we are honestly so here for and we're obsessed. They have a fully sustainable design and the deodorants come in a reusable case that you can refill really easily with biodegradable deodorant refills. Not only is this aluminium and paraben free, which we think is really important, but honestly it actually works and it allows you to go about your day feeling really fresh and really confident and we just love that. I've tried out some natural deodorants but they came in tins and you had to apply them with your fingers and that was just a mess. But wild gorgeous cases come in a variety of colours including coral like we have which conveniently matches our signature podcast colour scheme and you can even get them customised with your name on the lid. What wild scent are you using at the moment, Daphne? I have actually tried, I think, most of the scents, if not all of them by now, but I think my favourite and the one I'm currently using is the orange zest, which is so nice, so fresh and just smells incredible. Mm, I've got fresh cotton and sea salt on the go. And even by the end of the day, I do still feel fresh, despite being on my feet all day in the humidity of Hong Kong. One of the other things I also love about Wild is just how easy and convenient it is. Rather than having to run to the shops every time you run out of deodorant, you can set up a subscription on their website, which delivers refills straight through the letterbox whenever you start running low. Go Wild today and get yourself this natural refillable deodorant that genuinely works. You can order by going to wearewild.com and you'll get 20% off your first order when you use the code PERSONAL at checkout. That's wearewild.com and code PERSONAL at checkout for 20% off. Enjoy. Well, I'm a June baby. I'm not that young. Oh, you're young for the year. I'm yeah. young for the year. But it's yeah. quite nice. I, I still think in school years at the age of <laughs> 25, I'm like, oh, you're the year below me. Or like, you're my do that, being like, oh, yeah, well, she's like two years below me. And it's like, why are we thinking in that way? Hello and welcome back to what is our third season of Getting Personal. And our first guest for this new season is Emma Johnson, also known as Emma's Rectangle on YouTube and Instagram. Emma is a YouTuber and a social media influencer who started out online over 10 years ago. We are huge fans of Emma's just because her channel is so relatable and the kind of relationship that she has built with her audience is so cool and so open and honest and just very real as well. Um, And we were also super, super excited that Emma actually she vlogged in one of her most recent videos which you can find on her channel about our interview so go check that out as well i've actually already been in one of her vlogs back in 2014 when she was just starting out i went to her 18th birthday party and she filmed us in the girls toilet wow you're just so cool i'm just so honored to be your friend yes i um you are so lucky to know me okay let's bring emma in <laughs> You started on YouTube a long time ago. You were still at school. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, like that has, like the whole YouTube journey and the way that YouTube work has has changed an awful lot since then. But when you first started and uploaded your first videos, your peers would have known, your friends would have known. Were you really scared to, um, to like share that with your family and friends? Yeah. So I first made a channel when I was 12 um which was a very long time ago 
and I posted a few terrible videos um, and didn't tell anyone. And then I got a few mean comments and clearly my skin was not thick enough yet. So I just deleted everything, didn't tell anyone it happened and was like, that's it. No, I'm not cut out for this. Like it's too much, but I loved watching them so much. And I loved watching YouTube videos. And I was getting super passionate about makeup. Um, so I decided when I was 15, like, you know what, I'm going to give it another crack. And I, rem I remember so clearly, um, the two different occasions where I decided to tell people once was when I was in a lesson and I told my friend Sophie and I was like, please don't tell anyone. Like I'm super nervous. Like I don't want people finding out when really looking back, it's like, surely I should have been promoting myself. I should have been like, guys, I'm doing this thing that no one else is doing. It's going to be so cool, even though it was probably not cool at all at the time, but I should have been self-promoting and had the confidence at the time. And I look back and I'm like, I just wish I'd owned it and just been like, go for it. But I was absolutely bricking it. And, um, so I told this one friend, I was like, don't tell anyone. And then I had a sleepover with a few other friends and I told them and they were so excited and so supportive because they knew how much I loved it and like loved watching videos. And um, they by then knew that I'd made that crappy first few videos and they were like, you shouldn't have deleted them. Like three years of growth. Like imagine how big you could have been by now because this is when YouTube was really blowing up because when I first started, it was not really a thing. Um, so yeah, I was really scared and I remember telling my mom and dad by going downstairs with bright blue eyeshadow on and being like, I just filmed a Tinkerbell inspired makeup tutorial and I'm going to put it on YouTube. <laughs> and <laughs> my dad was just like, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what these words are. And it's so funny looking back because it was just not a thing then. But now my dad is my biggest fan, biggest supporter, super amazing. And like has really like strived to actually understand what my job is because I do understand that for an older generation, it it's a little bit weird. Like it is a bit weird. But definitely, yeah, definitely was nerve wracking at first. And I definitely got teased because it was, again, before it was mainstream, I guess you could say. And the people just didn't really get it. And they were like, what do you possibly have to offer in, a, in video form? Why would people watch you? And for some reason, it just, it grew to a place where it could be my job. And I, I'm so grateful for it. And I absolutely love it now. So many YouTubers, like Molly May, for example, she everything she does almost seems to prompt some kind of hate from some kind of audience. Um, what's your experience been like with that kind of hate comments and the toxic side of social media and how do you deal with it? So I would say in the grand scheme of things, I am so lucky with my following. I rarely get what I would like, Call actual hate. I, I never get trolls or just mindless hate. Um, I'm. I don't know why that is. Um, I think it might be because I my channel's grown very very slowly, and I've had like people join gradually and kind of get to know me rather than like massive waves of kind of strangers just 
coming and having no context as to who I am. So I feel like a lot of the people who follow me have been with me since I was 16 and they kind of know me. So it's not like they have that kind of, oh, it's just a stranger. I can say whatever I want. They're like, they have some sort of rapport and relationship with me. So in that sense, I'm very lucky. But I do also get the odd hate comment, which is you do have to learn to just get a thicker skin and it shouldn't be part of the job and it shouldn't be something that I'm like, you just have to get a thick skin because at the end of the day, abusing people online is uncool. Like it's something that you just shouldn't do. And I would definitely say it's gotten worse since the pandemic because there's a lot of people at home with free time probably feeling quite down um, with nowhere to put this energy and put this negativity. So I've, everyone who I've spoken to in the industry as well has also noticed an enormous increase in hate. And to deal with it, I recently actually spoke about this in a video, funnily enough, that you have to remind yourself that these people, if they are spending their time sending people they don't know um, hurtful comments or commenting on a life that they don't know anything other than what I choose to show. Like I choose everything that gets put out. And if they don't like me for that select 30 minutes of my week, um, it what are they judging me on? Like they don't know anything about me and they don't know me as a person. And I just kind of have to remind myself of that, that they, they don't know me. Like they can judge me if they want to. If, if someone comments on how I look, it is lit. I could not care less. It's when they try and judge you as a person or tell you you're a bad person, that's when it can hurt. But in general, I think I'm very lucky to not get too much hate, but also after 10 years, I've, I've grown a, a thicker skin, I think. And yeah, you just got to remind yourself that at the end of the day, the opinion of one person doesn't mean anything. And I read a quote the other day and it was like, um, don't, uh, don't take criticism from somebody you wouldn't ask for advice from. And if I don't know you, I'm not going to ask for advice from you. So why am I going to let you judge me um, for something you don't know anything about? So yeah, um, that's how I deal with it. I just let it let it go. And if it will make someone feel better, even though it is a negative thing, if it will make them in that moment feel better, then I will be their human punching bag for a comment. Like it doesn't mean anything to me. I've seen your, one of your most popular videos um, on your channel is the one year update on your fitness journey, which is such an incredible video. It's, it's very personal. I think we can definitely tell you talk a lot about personal experiences and struggles that you've had with body image and mental health um, throughout the years do you mind talking us through your decision to actually put something so personal and like so close to your to your heart out for everyone to see and like over a million people have seen it now yeah it's absolutely crazy that so many people know so much about me <laughs> um my my kind of deepest darkest secrets, I guess. Um, no, I, I thought it was super important that I shared it. Um, because for a start, I was 
on YouTube the entire time that I was losing this weight. Um, and I didn't want to not comment on it because I didn't want people to misinterpret the weight loss as something else or misinterpret the reasons as to why I was losing the weight. Um, because it's so important to me as I stress in the video and cheeky plug listeners, if you've not watched it, it will definitely tell you a lot about me. Um, I, I lost the weight as more of a, a response to the changes I made in my life. It wasn't me going into something like I want to lose X amount of weight. It was I'm really struggling and I need to find healthy coping mechanisms to get me through the day and to get me to a place where I'm taking care of myself because I just wasn't taking care of myself at that point. And for me, it's so important to share that because I know a lot of people, especially like, honestly, that video has never been more relevant than it is now of people being isolated, being by themselves, not having access to gyms and probably not taking care of themselves as they normally would. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing weight gain and lack of confidence. And I just wanted people to know that it's so normal and that there is ways to healthily change your lifestyle to treat your body with the love and respect that it's only ever given you and I think sharing my story and sharing where it all started and why I was doing it um was yeah like I said to kind of explain as to why I was losing weight and not make people think I was trying to look a certain way because I get a lot of comments like, did you lose weight so that you would grow on Instagram? Did you lose weight so that people would follow you? So more people. And like my channel grew massively after I posted that video. And a lot of people asked me like, oh, do you think people subscribe to you because you're thin now? And it just, it makes me, it really upsets me because that was never even a thought that crossed my mind. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Like people subscribe to you for your, what you can offer them and the way I, how much I weigh doesn't change what I can offer people. Um, and if anything, yes, I can offer people more now by giving advice. And now that I've pulled myself out of quite a dark place, I can give people, you know, firsthand tips and things like that. But the way I look at the end doesn't change that. Um, it's what I've learned from that. And that's why I wanted to make that video because I wanted to share with people um, ways in which they can really help themselves. And I managed to do it all basically by myself. I got a personal trainer to teach me how to exercise properly because I was completely clueless. But from the kind of mental health aspect and using it as a tool, that was all me just learning on the go. And so if I can give people a shortcut and give them some tips in a video, I'll, I'll do that. And people really connected with that video and it makes me so happy. And speaking of negative comments, there is not one negative comment out of the thousands because I've read every comment on that video. And out of like 1.4 million views, not one person has left something negative. And it's just the most amazing, positive, 
supportive group of people all just sharing like they're not commenting on me they're talking to each other and it's like almost like a forum at this point where they go back and they check in on each other and it just fills me with so much joy because it's so much more than I ever thought it would be and it's brought some amazing people to my channel like people who have gone through similar journeys and can relate to me and I just think that sharing that much of me and things that used to be so heavy for me to to share and that I wouldn't speak about now people who watch my videos have all this context and I feel like my channel has just been a stronger place since because people actually know who they're watching rather than me just kind of faking a smile all the time and being happy Emma because I've always been that like that's what my channel's always been quite a positive place but they didn't know there was quite a lot of darkness there and now they do but it's basically gone I still struggle but it's much better given that your life is basically your job and that you are putting you know your life out there on your channel does it ever get overwhelming and also how do you instill a sense of like a work-life balance when you know your job is your life and you're vlogging your life and then putting it out there as your job Ah, oh, work-life balance. <laughs> we do not know her, okay? We don't know her. <laughs> it, it is, it's something I'm, every single new year, I'm like, my work-life balance needs to improve this year. That is going to be my goal. And every year, I I really struggle. Like, I really struggle. And it it can be overwhelming because in 2020, January 2020 is when I started weekly vlogging. So I've basically vlogged every single day of my life for over a year, the good days and the bad. And I, everyone knows what I've looked like every day for a year, how I've been feeling, obviously not in great detail. Like I said, it's only 30 minutes of a week, but they've had a general gist of what I've done with my time for over a year and it can be quite overwhelming when you are just living a life like a normal person but having putting it out there for thousands of people to basically judge like this is how I live my life and you're now just gonna watch me live it and you may not agree with some of the things that I choose to do you may love the thing whatever it, at the end of the day, it is just my life. And I do think sometimes people forget that, that it's just, I'm, I'm, I honestly, to be honest, I forget that sometimes that sometimes I just need to be living my life because I sometimes will be out and about and I'll forget to film something. Like I'll eat something and I'll be like, Oh, damn it. I forgot to vlog it. And that's such a prime example is with when I'm like, get something really nice to eat and I'm really excited to eat it. So I eat it. And then I'm annoyed that I didn't film it. And I'm like, Emma, stop. Clearly you were just in the moment and you enjoyed your meal. Why are you annoyed at yourself for not vlogging it? And uh, my boyfriend, Tim's brother actually commented on it last summer. We were in Cornwall and I got a waffle or something and I was so happy with it and I ate it and I didn't take any pictures of it and I didn't film it. And then after it, I was just like, Tim, I forgot to vlog the waffle. And his brother was just like, who cares if you didn't vlog the waffle? Did you enjoy the waffle? Like, <laughs> did it taste any different when it wasn't on camera? And that just shook me. I was like, yeah, you're so right. Like, what, what am I, why am I worried that I didn't film a waffle? Do you know what I mean? Like, 
sometimes I forget that you can live your life just to live it rather than for the entertainment of others. Because at the end of the day, my life is kind of entertainment for other people. And you can sometimes forget that you are your number one priority in your own life when you are this the classic thing it's like you're the main character of your own life and I'm like I'm also the main character of a vlog series on Emma's rectangle <laughs> and like I really need to <laughs> we need some interesting content you know what I mean and like sometimes I feel like I'm in like Made in Chelsea when people make scenarios to make it dramatic I'm like what is my topic this week my my life is in topics and like chapters and I'm like, oh, Monday I'm going to do this because it will be entertaining for the vlog. And Wednesday I'm going to do this because I haven't done enough of this throughout the week. And I do kind of plan my life sometimes around the vlog, which is quite, which is why I think the work-life balance is kind of hard because it's like <laughs> I am planning my life for the vlog, but also I need to plan my life for my life. You know, you got to live it. I feel like I've gone off the topic, but Yeah. <laughs> Work-life balance is is a non-existent thing and something I'd really like um, to improve. And having an office in my house is quite helpful. Whereas when I lived with my dad, I just filmed in my bedroom and then I would go to bed and edit in my bed and then film in front of my bed. And I just never left that room. Whereas having the office... I can just close the door at the end of the day, leave all my cameras in here and just kind of switch off. But I will still be vlogging. <laughs> the vlog never stops. So <laughs> that's where the line gets blurred. <laughs> how did you come up with content ideas during quarantine or during lockdowns? Like, how do you think of interesting things to do during the week? Because surely they're like, what do you do? <laughs> oh God, I just... I desperately, desperately clutched at straws, to be honest. Lockdown has been a challenge. Sometimes I get comments like, Emma, your vlogs have gotten so boring. And I'm like, okay, mate, <laughs> riddle, riddle me this, okay? I give you a camera for a week of lockdown and I'd like you to entertain me for a week. Let's see what you produce, okay? I'd love to see it because... It is so hard to find interesting things to do when I'm in the same position as absolutely everyone. People are bored. I'm bored. Everyone is bored at this point. We've been in this thing for a year. Everyone has done everything and people have taken up new hobbies and it's amazing. I haven't, okay? I haven't, I haven't, had, I haven't really had the, the time which is so ridiculous because we've been at home, but my job hasn't changed. I, my life has hardly, I'm so blessed that my life really hasn't been hugely affected. The only thing that's changed is the external world for me, which is the stuff I would vlog. So for me, like it, it's just, I did a lot of baking I love baking. People love to watch people bake. That was always a winner. Lots of workouts. People like to watch me work out for some reason. Watch me get sweaty. I mean, it. but at the end of the day, like I just vlog the normal. Um, and I think people quite like that. I think people like seeing familiarity and seeing that other people are living their lives very, very normally. 
um, even though apparently it's worthy of vlogging and worthy of documenting, it is really not that different to anybody else's. The only thing that's different is that it's all on camera. And that's so, I think, comforting to a lot of people that everyone's in the same boat. And I think that's why vlogs have been so successful this year so many people have switched from making like beauty videos to just making vlogs because people like watching we're all voyeurs at the end of the day we love watching other people and seeing what other people are doing um so how i found content i've just lived my life and tried to entertain people as much as possible and but honestly when it comes to interesting things I haven't really been that successful. <laughs> well, you've really entertained me with your um, Instagram reels. Oh my God. The, if, if, our, if our listeners have not watched them, go find Emma, Emma's Rectangle on Instagram and watch the what I would wear if I were your teacher reels. <laughs> because I, I go back and rewatch them because they're just brilliant because I am a teacher and the primary, <laughs> the primary school one is my favorite like the rainbow the rainbow sweater all of that and I think I think you did say um on your story somewhere that like this is the most fun you've had like in your job in a really long time yeah it's um it's so different and I was a drama kid growing up like I loved acting I was in all the plays and that was my hobby when I was younger I've done drama lessons since I was seven and I just stopped all of that when I was I don't know, how old would I have been? I think the last time I acted was when I was 18, maybe 19. And I always feel like there's like a part of that that I really miss. So when Reels started being really big and TikTok started blowing up, because I'm not on TikTok, like I'm not down with the kids, okay? I, I'm not on TikTok. I'm an Instagram girl. And I was seeing all these people making these Reels and I was just like, what can I offer? Like, I just don't, I feel like everything's been done and I just don't know where I sit. Like, do I make makeup content? Do I make fashion content? Like I didn't have a niche and I didn't really know where I wanted to go with it. And then I saw someone do that. If I was your teacher challenge and I was like, that looks really fun. I'll just do one. See how it goes. Guys, they've got like millions of views. I don't know where these people are coming from and why people want to see me standing talking to no one. <laughs> it's all I, teachers. It's all teachers that want outfit inspo. <laughs> yeah, it is. I actually think it is. I get comments and messages from teachers like, you're giving me genuine outfit inspiration. And I'm like, that was not the that was not the goal like this isn't actually meant to be helping teachers it was kind of just for fun and there's a, always like a combination of what I would actually wear if I was a teacher so I reckon I'd be a kind of I'd put a little bit of effort in if I was a teacher try and get their attention you know but also it's a bit of like a stereotype on top of just just trying to make some nice outfits like it wasn't really I didn't really know what they were going to be. I just did it for fun. And I think it comes across so clearly how much I'm enjoying them because they are really fun to make and really fun to edit. 
And I get to use that acting that I never get to use anymore. I can't call it good acting, but it's fun. (laughs) And people always ask me, like, what are you saying? Like, are you actually speaking? I'm not. I'm literally silently just moving my mouth, (laughs) like pretending to say things. And I had a really funny idea the other day, like, I'm going to post a reel without the music and just of me, like, silently with the odd whisper and just see what people do (laughs) like oh yeah like this won't come across well on the podcast because obviously it is all sound based (laughs) imagine me silently lip-syncing things that teachers would say (laughs) you get all these comments being like you forgot the music Emma Emma where's the music Yeah, I'll be like, that is not the point. Everyone knows the song by now. It's the same song every time. (laughs) But yeah, I really, it's just so nice to do something different and be able to be creative in a different way. Um, Because creativity is, at the end of the day, why I love my job. I get to play and try new things all the time. And I think YouTube has always been seen as my primary job, but... I've really been loving Instagram and putting so much love into it recently. And it's just so nice to do something different and have a change, especially when you've been in the same job for 10 years. And I think people forget that. Like I've been doing this for a long time and it is just a career. It's the same job for a long period of time. And it evolves with me. The topics evolve with me because it is just, it's, I I hate it's about me. My channel is a representation of, me and what I enjoy so obviously that is going to evolve massively over the years because if I'm the same as how I am 10 years ago we got bigger problems than uh, than I don't know teacher reels like (laughs) I need to be changing um so yeah it's just nice to be able to play it just feels like playing and that's why I love it so much Do you ever get like this sense of fear? You've been doing this for a really long time and it's obviously been very successful. Thinking like long-term for your life, do you ever get this fear of like, what if YouTube just shuts down? Like what if there's suddenly just no career in social media and vlogging? I don't want to panic you. (laughs) Like, do, do you ever, do you ever think about that? Like, or if you ever think about quitting or doing something completely different, or if you've already got these like creative pursuits that you want to go after next. I have thought about that so many times. I think every online creator has thought, what, what's next? What happens if, um, worst case scenarios. And I think that's very normal. I think in any freelance job I think people always have that fear of you're riding on yourself you are you know if thing if you don't get work you don't get work and it's on you um and I think a lot of people feel that and I think a lot of people have felt that this year especially you know in creative industries like what what do we do now and it's this, these are like unprecedented times. Like no one would have thought that this would happen. So I've been feeling that way about my job for my entire life. <laughs> Since I started this job, I've, I've been like, what happens if people just suddenly stop watching videos? What happens if YouTube goes down? What happens if I just become irrelevant and no one 
cares anymore, which is the hardest truth and the hardest pill to swallow. Like that could happen. People just may stop caring about your life. And I've, I have always worried about that. And people always ask me this question, like, what are you going to do if YouTube stops? And I'm always like, I have no idea what I would do if YouTube disappeared tomorrow. Um, I have other passions and other joys that, and things that I love to do that I think I could make a career out of. And people are like, what would you be doing if you weren't on social media? And I was like, oh, you know, breathing. I'd be doing that pretty well. And <laughs> cause I started this so long ago that I never really had a time to, I didn't go to university. I scraped through my A-levels because I was already making videos and was already planning on trying to go full time with it. And so I never really built that backup plan. Um, so I don't know what I'd be doing if it wasn't here, but on a positive note, I do plan hopefully on doing some things that are external to social media, um, other avenues. And I think as a self-employed person, having different streams of income is very important anyway. And you always need to be prepared for the worst. Um, even though that's a very hard thing to actually do is to be prepared for the worst. And that's massively like, um, best case scenario being like, if everything in my job disappeared tomorrow, I'd be absolutely fine. Like that's not realistic. No one is actually going to be completely fine if their job disappeared tomorrow including myself, but I can see different avenues that I would like to develop over the next couple of years. And, um, I'm, I have a, a manager, a social media manager who's incredible. And we talk about this all the time. He's like, you want more than social media at the end of the day. And I'm like, yes, I want to put my heart into something, into a new baby. And I'd love to create something different, separate to it. Um, but at this stage in my life, YouTube is going really well for me and, but it's not forever. Um, and I, I do worry about it, but I don't think I should worry about it because jobs don't just disappear. Well, okay. <laughs> Given this year. Okay, fine. I can't really say jobs don't disappear, <laughs> but this hopefully will be a slow transition rather than just YouTube disappears tomorrow. I hope. Fingers crossed. My fingers are crossed, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> when you have moments like we all do, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, where you feel a bit more overwhelmed or um, whether that's with sadness or fear, what do you do to try and bring yourself out of that and to try and have more of a positive spin on things? Hmm. Um. So I do this thing that I talk about a lot on my channel where I have a reset where I basically spend a morning, a day, an evening, as much time as I can allot to it. And I call it my reset routine. And it is basically like hitting the, like turning myself off and then turning myself on again. Um, I like to do it in the mornings usually because I feel like it sets my day up. But if I'm having a rough week, a rough period of time, even just a rough day, I follow a, quite a particular routine set of steps. So I'll always get up, 
I'll do some exercise because for me, exercise makes me feel incredible chemically, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it lets out the endorphins, gives you a head start. Um, but also I know that I'm doing something good for myself and it's fun. Like I really enjoy it. So I'll get my body moving, even if it's just out for a walk. I will then come home. I will make myself as clean as possible. I will bathe. I will shower. I will wash the bad juju off of me, get it away, flush it off, cleanse myself. Um, I'll usually, this is, now we're going to get into more um, vanity side of things, the vanity side. The vanity side of things, the more vain side of things. I will fake tan. I will paint my nails. I will make myself feel amazing. And then I'll get into comfy clothes and I will watch a film. I will have a hot chocolate with marshmallows and I will FaceTime my two best friends and usually end up crying and will just feel so much better afterwards. And then I wake up the next morning, having done all of these steps, made myself feel physically amazing. I'll wake up with a fresh tan, clean hair, ready to start the new day. Like I had yesterday, I gave myself that time. I allowed myself to feel sad. I talked it through with people. And now I look amazing. I am going to slay this day. I put together an outfit and I... I go for it. I kill it. I kill the day. I don't always, it doesn't always work, but it is the most that I can do just to treat myself with respect and give myself patience because I know for a fact that trying to push through isn't always the right thing to do. And I've learned from my mistakes in the past of just trying to push through. And if you can take that time and stop and, you know, just allow yourself to sit and allow yourself to wallow a little bit. Sometimes that does do a, a really, a, a number of good things for you, mind, body, soul. But if I need a quick fix, a Diet Coke will normally sort me out. Just a little, little pep in my step, you know? <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's probably it. Just give yourself, make yourself feel amazing and talk, talk. It's, I'm sure everyone says just, Call your best friends, but it is so true. Mm. And watch a film that you know all the words to and just sit and watch it. Mine is Mean Girls, obviously. That actually leads um, leads me quite nicely into um, my question, which is another one that we ask all our guests. We call them happiness bubbles. So it's just moments yeah. of happiness, moments of joy throughout your day that give you that pep, that make you feel that much happier. And they can be the tiniest things. Like, I know you love your, your teas. So that's probably going to be one of them. Yeah, she's got <laughs> yeah. she's got that on camera <laughs> to our listeners. Emma's got her tea. Um, but but like, what else is there that kind of gives you those little bubbles of happiness? I love the concept of bubbles of happiness for a start. That's it's good, isn't it? It's good <laughs> because it can be interpreted in so many different ways. Because when you said that, I immediately thought of like butterflies in your stomach, like bubbles of happiness, things that like. Like, um, oh my God, like the BFG, where they float oh. when they drink the bubbles. And I mean, they float because they're farting, which is a funny way of looking at it. But, you know, like happy juice, <laughs> like Diet Coke. 
<laughs> okay, uh, I'll tell you my bubbles now, but I love that concept. I think that's so sweet. Because yeah, it it's such a visual thing. Like you can see it rather than, and feel it. Like bubbles are such sense, sen- century, century things. Very sensory. Uh, yeah. Sensory. <laughs> yeah. My, okay. I look forward to my breakfast every single day. Like every day I'll go to bed excited about breakfast the following morning. I think if one huge thing I would, one tip I would give everyone is find a breakfast that makes you so happy every morning. I know not everyone has time, but if you can find something that makes you excited to get out of bed every single morning, it is so amazing like my breakfast is a work of art and I look forward to it every morning it's porridge with stewed apples it's kind of a trademark at this point and it is delicious so breakfast time gives me all the bubbles black coffee first thing in the morning bubbles my 2 p.m diet coke bubbles yeah I have it on a schedule (laughs) I schedule my my caffeine consumption (laughs) Because otherwise it can get out of hand. (laughs) Because there are teas every hour on the hour, except 12 o'clock tea Tim makes. That's my his gift to me every every day at 12 p.m. Um what else makes me feel bubbly? Uh I will listen to I have a playlist that I've been adding to since I was 18 that is basic, it's called Photo Frames. Um, on Spotify I guess you could probably find it if you wanted to and it's basically every song on that playlist just brings me joy and I add songs to it like very particularly if you're on that playlist you've made it Um, and I called it photo frames because I made it when I was doing a scrapbook session and like picking pictures and I just thought of like songs as like milestones and um you attach songs to memories and I thought it was kind of the same as like a photo album so like photo frames so that playlist makes me so happy because whenever I add a song to it it's probably attached to a happy memory and every song I listen to on it makes me happy and I listen to that basically is the only playlist I listen to ever I've been listening to the same like 70 songs (laughs) for about five years (laughs) But it makes me happy every day. And it it's I recommend it, just a happiness playlist. And another thing that brings me joy is oh, I have ice cream every night. Uh every single night before bed. Yeah. The oppo salted caramel ice cream is my pre-bed meal and I look forward to it every single night. I end my day on something I look forward to and I start my day with something I look forward to. And I think that's a great way to keep the joy cyclical. Just just keep it going, guys. We can do this. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say those are my biggest bubbles. That, oh, sorry, I have one more. Every morning, (laughs) every morning, Tim and I do yoga together. And um, it varies from like 20 minutes to sometimes like an hour long. But every single time at the end of yoga, we have our post-yoga hug and we just hug on the yoga mats and we just stop and we just have a cuddle and it sets our day off so well. Like the yoga is great 
for your mind and your body but then we give like give ourselves a little hug and that's good for the spirit as well and it just sets your day off right so if you live with someone schedule a hug <laughs> your daily scheduled in hug <laughs> Oh, that's you crying. That's, no, but that has made me feel quite teary because I know like I I had a bit of like an emotional breakdown the other night, and my mum gave me a hug, and I don't know why I, but like she probably like like I was a bit like I was a five year old like gave me a proper cuddle, and I was like, okay, I feel better now, thank you. Hugs, Aww. hugs, amazing yeah. thing. I think that's something that this year we have learned to appreciate so much more. Because like I said, we started this podcast and I think one of the first things I said was, I'm a hugger. I am a, I'm so tactile and I hug anyone and everyone. Even if, you know, when you first meet someone and you don't know, is this a hug situation, a handshake? I'm, I will always go in for the hug and they may not be expecting it, but they're about to get a hug laid on them and they're going to enjoy every second of it. <laughs> and I think, I miss that so, so, so much. So having just a good hug, if you can, if there's someone there that you can legally hug, it just, it, it really is good for you. It's so, um, yeah, just give someone a cuddle or a dog. Oh God, the oh. things I do with a dog right now. <laughs> we really want to adopt a dog. And I wish I'd done it at the beginning of lockdown because I feel like I would have made this past two years a much more enjoyable experience but the time will come yeah. I want a greyhound oh yeah <laughs> that is the response you always give me when they're like oh what do you want I'm like oh I want a retired racing greyhound they're like what that's such a rogue choice but they need love they need love and they need yeah. hope they've been, they've been running for so long they yeah, need a quiet they just need a cuddle and I have <laughs> oh girls this has been great oh yes. thank you thank, thank you, you. Thanks for listening to Getting Personal. If you're enjoying our emotional conversations, then please give us a like, subscribe, and don't forget to leave a review. It gives us a boost in the charts, which helps other listeners to find us. And most importantly, it's one of our happy little bubbles when we read what you've written. So leave us some stars.